Greetings in 2023, people. Thanks for tuning in to this special episode I've put together dedicated to the men's work, as we'll get into. I want to take a moment to talk about something that came up last night. I spent the time down in Pembrokeshire and I was listening to a song and these words came. Notice what you're already a part of. Quite simple. And that could mean different things to different people. To me, it was all about stop trying to imagine who I could be. Stop trying to figure out who I am. Stop trying to wonder about myself or about other people and just notice what I'm already a part of. It was so impactful. I started thinking about children and how much wonder they have for the world. How that childlike presence has so much wonder and curiosity to everything. Like We know this, but we don't sometimes have that feeling in our adult years, in our day-to-day. More than ever, we need that. Notice what you're already a part of. Live in that world. That might be gratitude for you. Notice the absolute wonderment of this life, the things in front of you. We don't need to imagine anything. But just tune into now and be in awe of the surroundings, the magnificence, the beauty, the true miracle of life and that you are here right now on this earth. Notice that and continue your day. Notice it. Tune into it when you want. It's there. It's always there. It always has been there. Notice what you're already already a part of. So new year, new you. Same you, it's another day, so let's use it. It might not be a happy new year, it might not be anything but just a new year. The biggest thing around this time of year is not to put any pressure, any unneeded or unwelcomed pressure on yourself. To move into the new year feeling grounded, feeling strong, but using it as an opportunity to tune into the present and call forward what you want to bring in for this next year. I truly love this time of year. It is a time of reflection, which I love to do. And it's a time of intention, which I also love to do. It's how can we grab the future by the balls and bring it towards the present? How can we call in all the things that we would love to manifest this year and reflect on what's more than likely a better place that you are in now than you were a year ago? Thanks for your support this year. I just want to say that and I hope it lands Because if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning of this year or maybe the beginning of of the beginning or maybe you've listened to most of this or maybe this is the first time, who the hell knows, but truly means a lot to me that you take the time to listen to this podcast. And if you have listened all the way since the beginning, then my gratitude to you, my friend. I could easily give you a spiel of how I spend around 20 to 30 hours a week on this, but I'm not going to do that. Because as long as you're listening and getting value and I remain passionate, there's absolutely no stopping this podcast from just growing and growing and growing. I'll take care of my end if the listeners continue with the journey. I'm grateful for that. So thankful that I get the opportunity to put this podcast out. And I thought I'd gift this episode to the people, to the listeners, to the men, to the women, to spend the time taking some snippets, some moments from some incredible episodes that I've had the pleasure to be a part of this year. I've connected and had the pleasure to be around some incredible men in 2022. It's been a year of what you could call men's work. For me, it's connecting with other men who have answered the call to step into a direction of connection, of healing, of helpfulness. And this compilations is a testament to that and the powerful voices from the people who are doing incredible work in this space. So thank you to every one of these six men who I'm going to be introducing throughout the podcast. This year for me has been a big year of collaboration and connection. I've had no previous years as big as this one in terms of connecting with people and I've made some true friends. One thing I've really struggled with, if I'm fully honest, connecting with men over the years. I was always the one who would potter around different circles and I kind of enjoyed that but at the same time I really craved some deep meaningful 
friends that I knew I'd be on the same path with, but also checking in with every year and also reciprocate that relationship. So there are some amazing men that I am so grateful for. It's also a celebration of those men and also an aid to perhaps those who feel there's an itch, feel that something's not quite right. They feel that call, but have yet to step foot on that path. And if you're a woman listening to this, I'm even more grateful because to truly lean in and understand the opposite is a real testament to your own journey. There's a few podcasts that have been thrown my way that I've lent into Divine Feminine Hour or whatever it might be. And I gain a lot from those podcasts and the women in my life. As you may already know, I started a local men's group this year where I previously lived and I put on a men's retreat in August in the Lake District. It was a roaring success. I'm continuing to hold that space this year, four times in fact, 2023, calling in those spaces even more and being a part of it. One, because there's a need, but two, because it truly feels like the right thing to do, the right thing to do for my own health and well-being and because I don't need to reel off all the statistics for you to understand where the healing needs to take place. This is just how we show up as better humans. So this men's work special is going to shine some light on those things. Perhaps the things that feel in the dark. But it is so important to shine light on them. It's been a big year for the podcast. I would love and appreciate your further support by going over to Apple or Spotify, writing a review. I'm also putting up a donation link in the description of this podcast. If you wanted to buy me a coffee, if you wanted to just send me any funds to show your appreciation, I want to put that out there. Should anyone feel they're in the right place to do that, then of course it will be much appreciated. As a thank you for the people, the listeners of this podcast, I'm actually putting out a donation-based one-hour coaching session for the first 10 men who get in touch with me. So if you want to just check in, if you want me to hold some space for you, if you want to use this opportunity, then please get in touch. This is going to go to the first 10 men who contact me. It's a one-hour coaching call. Take advantage of it. There will also be more information on this in my emailer. If you're not signed up to that, then send me your email. I will forward it on to you. So please listen to the end of this podcast. It's going to get better and better. So firstly, introducing Alex Sesto. I went on one of his retreats in October. Phenomenal guy. Has a lot of wisdom. This first clip is about understanding the inner world, how it affects the outer world, navigating failure and connecting to movement. Enjoy this clip by Alex Sesto. Episode 53, Reclaiming Your Authenticity in Ceremony. This has been, I think, one of the big problems with just our culture at the moment, the way we separate everything, you know, yeah. from the point in the medical world where we have specialists for the heart, specialists for the liver, specialists for all these things, and none of them know what the other one does, but it's a whole system. It's a, it's a system that everything affects everything else. And in the same way, the way you move affects your emotional state, posture affects your emotional state. And um, there's so many things to confront with a movement practice. You know, the idea of being a beginner and coming up against failure and what that, how that feels is, is something that come, come up against time and time again. When I first started this sort of stuff, I was trying things and even now I'm still, I'm failing all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not like now I don't fail. It's yeah, like, but yeah. how beautiful is that doing it? being seen doing mm -hmm. that like yeah. that's such a, a pivotal moment when mm -hmm. you realize that it's it's you're gaining so much from like just showing up and and just going out and and facing those fears of just moving in a direction mm -hmm. and and being that first person on the dance floor to like yeah mm -hmm. feeling like everyone's watching you mm -hmm. uh and it just it, it can release a lot of a, a lot of trapped and restricted kind of emotion absolutely mm -hmm. yeah and you realize that you know failure is the only way to progress really and it's through failing better it's like fail okay and then learn and mm -hmm. fail again and then learn again and keep but keep doing it orientate towards failing more and more but failing better and better each time and i think we become so um afraid of failure that it limits us from even trying and i think i was definitely in a in a in a um kind of a, a limited space like that at one point where it's like well, i don't want to try these things because the likelihood is I'm going to fail and that's going to feel horrible. So then 
just don't do it at all so it's like that but that's that's no way to live it's yeah. it's kind of changing that relationship to it and yeah you know feeling just just free you know i think as well as men we kind of we grow up and there it's almost like there's this rule book as oh you're supposed to move your body in this way as a man but not this way you know oh, my hips aren't supposed to move like that and it's like it's just movement you know and it feels good to express and to move and you know i think when we have traumatic events, you know, we store those things in the tissue, in the body. So mm -hmm. being able to move, you're mo literally moving energy around the body. And there's a lot, a lot um, of work being done in that space now, which mm -hmm. I think is amazing and, and healing in so many ways. But yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's no separation and disconnect between what's happening in the internal world and in how we express and move in the external world. You know, if you're someone that's rigid with your views and opinions, you're probably going to be quite tight as well it's like whereas if you're kind of more loose and fluid then that's it's kind of going to express through your, your physicality that was alex sesto you can follow him at sesto flow on instagram he has retreats coming in the uk and also abroad he holds space for miracles to happen beautiful man beautiful soul he also has an amazing poem called trust surrender receive if you want to link to that, message me or Alex and we will send it you. It is pretty phenomenal. Next up, we have Pete Middleton, the most prolific guest on this podcast. This was number three. We sat on the rocks at Whitley Bay in the northeast and dived right in. I've got three different clips here, so they don't all sync, but I think these are the three clips that I wanted to include. Pete Middleton diving in. Now, a lot of our culture in the modern day is very scared of wildness. You see people like chopping their daisies out of their lawn, you know, they're so adamant get of getting rid of any kind of wild aspect of like... It's a control. They can't, yeah, they can't even see a, a, a daisy on their lawn, you know. You know, there's, there's like broader aspects to that that affect each part of society. Like, I don't really want to go there because it gets a bit dark. But let's suffice to say that, you know, that's a really important thing to recognize, especially in men, to recognize your wild aspect, to recognize your potential to cause harm and your dangerous nature, your strength, your overpower, your, your ability to overpower someone, not just physically, but mentally, like... And kill someone. Kill someone, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really important to understand all of those things because if you don't, then it will go into your subconscious. Yeah, and, and you'll, you'll play them. Yeah, you'll play them out. Yeah. So. And you'll shame other people. Yeah. For, for demonstrating those things. Right. So yeah, all that all that to say, like I, yeah, that I, that's quite deep, isn't it? We didn't, we went quite deep on that. The f the fundamental shame that men have is around feelings. And. You can't have an authentic relationship without knowing, being intimate with someone and knowing their feelings, you know? That's, that's where trust is built. Like, that is the house, the trust house. <laughs> and house of trust. Yeah, it might feel awkward at the start. You might say the wrong thing. I still say the wrong thing all the time. And, like, you might have to revisit like communication is difficult and I think I think there's this general notion that you should just be really perfect and just be like I know exactly how I feel and it's yeah, like really happy all the time yeah but also communication is about saying that you don't know how to communicate and you don't know what what the right thing to say here is but yeah. then your body's communicating in that experience and then you're still exchanging communication yeah with your with your with your felt experience in yeah there. that's really important too like you might get to a time in your life, I know I have, on many levels, where you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. Yeah. And you don't know where to start. Yeah. And it's really important to just say that out loud. It's, it's There's a lot of trust involved there, yeah. isn't there? Because if, <laughs> it's if, really if you're vulnerable. in, a, if you're in yeah. a, a relationship, like women also they and i heard connor talk about this it's like that do they really want us to be vulnerable or are they asking us to just feel into what's right for ourselves and then communicate yeah. that it's, it's not it's my experience 
in my relationship, which is like amazing, is like it doesn't really matter what I feel. It just matters that I feel it authentically in that moment, and it's true for me. It's like it's more important that I'm feeling than what I'm feeling. Like obviously, there are places for my trauma experience. Like I have to take that to therapy. I can't just dump it in my personal relationship. There are places for that, and there are places, you know. Yeah. And obviously, like. I I believe in a really boundaried approach to relationship um, mm -hmm. where you're not just kind of dumping your experience on the other like you're sort of expressing yourself in a really you know kind of grounded and centred way but you know you're sharing your life I see this week is like they've labelled it as a leadership training which I, I see is really important for every person on this earth to lead themselves, you know, to hold themselves, to know themselves, and then to decide what makes you happy. Like, regardless of anything else, like, what what makes you content and fulfilled? Like, what are you working towards as a person? What are your goals? And even even a step further, like, what what are you contributing to the collective good? You know, all of this individualism, is all well and good but it, it's limited because at the end of the day it's a, like a paradigm thing isn't it yeah like it's an illusion fit. the individuals are kind of an illusion yeah in a way because it, it can't ever be actualized without everything else yeah so you fit you f you fit your energy in something you direct it somewhere and you get somewhere with it you know like you need direction as a as a person in my belief Pete Middleton there, good friend, talking about the power of direction and needing to know yourself and where you're heading. Leads us in very, very nicely to a man called Doug Robson, who I had the pleasure to co-host a retreat back in early October, late September. He's stepping foot into this work and I honestly believe he has got so much to offer, so much to bring, so much practical knowledge to bring to the arena of life. He comes from a very different standpoint than I sometimes do, so I felt the need to get him back on this year. It's his second appearance on the podcast, and I'm so happy I did because we reconnected, we talked about his stepping foot into the men's stuff, and he's created a platform now called Maps of the Masculine, and I went down to help him at one of his first retreats and he comes from an amazing standpoint around neuroscience, around the masculine energy. He's probably one of the most well-read individuals around lots of things, but in particular, the archetype work. And he has such an amazing way of articulating the information that he knows so well. Enjoy this clip from Doug Robson at Maps of the Masculine. And stay tuned for a lot more to come from Doug. Enjoy. Let's transition into the maps of masculinity and, and what that work is. Yeah, that'll be really yeah. cool to, to speak to you about and, and to know that what the mission and the vision is around that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, inspired by everything I went through and realizing that I didn't know what it meant to be a man. I didn't know how my, my friends knew how to be a man. I was like, oh, what is happening here? You know, and, and I feel, oh, I felt more than that being a man was more and more under attack. And, and I felt for men because we had this dual problem of being told stereotypically in the past, traditionally, that uh, there's certain thresholds to be being a man and, you know, being tough, not crying, not expressing emotions, uh, not being homosexual. You know, there was all these kind of rules about what it meant to be a man growing up. Uh, and then on the flip side of this, now in today's age, we've also got another message, which is don't be too manly. Because those also have loads of problems and, you know, you don't want to be called toxic masculinity. And I thought, this is tough, man. We are getting squeezed from two different sides, from two different groups. What was originally called the man box, which is this inability to be manly enough, is now actually being squeezed from both ends. And I thought that was such stark contrast to the feminist movement of the 70s and 80s, which is how do we expand, expand what it means to be female? Like what are the spaces that we can go into? 
can we only be females if we work from home and we're mothers? No, we can do all this other stuff. And that's an amazing expansion. But what we've had with masculinity, maybe from guilt, is this shrinking. And I thought, then you look at the suicide rates, and I don't have the correlation for that, but I felt there's something to this. A lot of men don't feel safe in this world anymore. And to me, that is exemplified by something like that. I also think it's exemplified by the prison numbers and the number of violent crimes that men perpetuate and sexual crimes that men perpetuate. I believe these are the same, these different sides of the same coin. You know, it's a lack of, of direction for men. And a lot of that direction also comes from connection. And that's where this, this concept of maps to masculinity came from. It was this idea of how do we increase our connection and our direction? Because those things are linked. Where we should be getting our direction from are the elders, the people that have walked that path before, people that can show us a safe way for transferring from a boy to a man. And we don't have that. If you are absent father, which we have more than ever in so many different demographics, then we're really struggling. We're perpetuating this problem of boy psychology when there should be man psychology. So it really got me interested and it helped me see my flaws and, you know, getting into the work of Jung and Marie von France, which is someone who followed him, who had these lectures at the turn of the century about, uh, well, 1960 to be too exact, about these lacks of rites of passages and the lack of real men out there. I thought that's, that's so interesting. And we're, we're farther on now than when she was talking and it's no better. So idea was, look, should we look at, where the problems are occurring uh firstly in my life and and as i go on this journey as i try and map out what it means to be a man i want to document it and that's what i'm doing both with the insta account but also with the course i put forward and then this retreat and you know i'm sure a lot of listeners especially guys interested in man work or men work or men's work will know that the four archetypes are, are something that are great by no means do i think that is exhaustive but it's a great starting point. These are archetypes of king, warrior, magician, and lover, just because it gives you something to kind of reflect on. But interwoven in that is stuff that is from Peterson's work, this future authoring and past authoring work where you just reflect on your life where you are. You know, you need to know where that starting point is because you need to know that. You need to know. It's inherent. In what yeah, it like you can't you can't orientate yourself in the world without knowing that. And coming back to what we were saying about the lack of time to reflect, I was like, I can't believe how few people know even where they are. Hmm. And and what chance do we have then? You know, and this is a problem with again, people my kind of age is you're just in it. You're deep in it now. You deepen your career, you deepen whatever you're doing. There's no time to think. So I want to give that forum for people to stop to think. Where am I? Where is it that I want to go? And how am I going to get there? And that sounds quite flippant to start with, but you can kind of break that down like you do with everything else. With every other sport I've done is you break that down into steps. And that's when the archetypes came in, especially the boy archetypes. And the idea then was that these archetypes, instead of just being, I mean, they conceptualize as an equilateral triangle, but it could also be an arrow. And these arrows are pointing you towards your ideal. But it's very important that you set your ideal first. So you know what, you, what the hell you're aiming for. When you look at psychology and, and this dopaminergic system, which is your reward system, it orientates itself according to your goals. So your emotions are kind of at the mercy of, of what it is you want from life. And again, so many people don't even know what they want. So their emotions are a mess because they don't know what's good for them. You know, you can't have this understanding of the world. If you don't know what you want, you don't know what actions are good and what's taking you towards it and what's not. I reflected on when I trained to be a stuntman. That's the poorest I've ever been, but it's some of the happiest I've ever been. It was a strict criteria of what I needed to do to become a stuntman. And every day was about ticking things off that list and working towards it. And some days I didn't tick anything off, but I knew I was closer than I was before. And there was a great level of achievement, not in just fulfilling it, but in the process. And it made me think that this is what we need to do for many men. Our masculinity gives us these drives. Our biology is so interesting testosterone is so interesting it'll, it'll make us do things above and beyond you know it'll make us risk things that our female counterparts won't that's why we die earlier because we're willing to take risks 
And I thought, we've got to harness this energy. And that's the concept of this maps to masculinity is that we go through it, go through where you are, go through where you want to be. And through these archetypes, we talk about them and help you reflect on yourself, but also the shadow that's within you, the things that, and that's probably the harder work is to know. And, and for me, concept of these shadows is like the troughs either side, or maybe a better understanding is the precipice either side of your path that you know you're getting to the edge where the rocks are falling off going like, I'm, I'm going off, off piste here and I should be wary of this. So you have the system where you set up what you want, your emotions get in line as a result and you start to know where you're working towards. And part of that is journaling work. So every day you're working up, you're thinking about where you want to go and how are you getting there? Because again, life gets in the way and we can get deterred so quickly. So a big part of it is journaling, journaling. Uh, at least in the course. And as we work through all these archetypes, we get to where you want to go, but also with the self-awareness and of course your course correcting along the way. And I just found with so many of my friends, I would, I would come up with this concept with them and they'll go, I already know what I want. I thought, I mean, that's the first step. That's where you've got to go. So of course it draws heavily on, on Gillette and Moore's work with archetypes, but then through the neuroscience masters, I've started looking at things that are related to each one of those archetypes. How do we develop more of each of those ideals in the boy psychology and then the men's psychology? And then how do we embrace it in a way that we can get what we want and avoid these shadow, uh, these shadow elements playing into our life? So that's a nutshell what it is. And course is great because, of course, you can... You know, you can journal these things out, but I just think there's so much more. There's another element to this and, and what I've learned about how males bond. And, you know, you spoke a bit about it on your retreat, this face-to-face -face active listening. We're not very good at that. It makes a lot of us feel very uncomfortable. Um, and that's something we should work on. But something that comes very naturally to us is doing things together, adventures, being shoulder to shoulder. The work on this is very interesting from sociologists that we like to do stuff. Masculinity is a it's a brotherhood of doing. And evolutionary biology tell us that's because when we were hunting, it was very important that we were together, not necessarily facing each other, because that's not interesting for us. What's interesting is what is it we need to go do today because people are relying on us. And that's that's in our biology for, for millennia now, or a hundred thousand years at least. Play to your strengths, find things you're good at and develop skills because that's going to make you feel better, which is going to make you more open to do things and more confident to do different things and, and that magician energy for me just speaks to me so much like I say I'm always enamored by someone like Huberman like he knows his trade so well and he, and he can wax lyrically about it you know and I, I think in the current climate this idea of, of getting famous very quickly doesn't speak to that like people just care about oh this guy's rich so that he must know everything and you see that to a degree with celebrities too oh that guy's famous for being an actor we should listen to him what he thinks about green energy you know i don't see the connection you know but it, again it comes back to what is it that you value and if you don't know what you value you're going to fall for all sorts of things just like you said about the corporations getting to tell you who you are like you need to sit down and think about this you know you can write your own narrative but you've got to mm -hmm. sit down and pick up the pen yeah until that time other people are going to be doing it for you you know, that is that young quote, you know, mm -hmm. until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll run your life and you'll call it fate. Such a valuable clip there from the podcast with Doug. That episode, if you want to go listen to it in full, was episode 61, Making the Unconscious Conscious. All of these podcasts will be linked in full in the description. We move on to a guy I connected with this year. He runs a men's group called Mantra Holistic. It is David Ross Miller always have to say his middle name as well he's connected with sacred sons this episode was all about exploring ourselves deeper episode 62 it was calling forward these stereotypical statements that lead to men not knowing where to turn if you want to connect with this guy then reach out enjoy the clip with david ross miller mm -hmm. what do you think is the biggest thing that prevents men from opening up and really speaking to them you know their inner truth whether it's a toxic work environment, what, mm. you, what you spoke to about the kind of construction building work, very manly, very mm. hostile environment I've spent time in. And 
you're right it's 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 not always the case but often there's a very stereotypical energy in that environment and it's mm. it's, it's there's a like a front isn't there and a banter as we call it in the uk it's uh yeah. it's, it's toxic banter actually a lot of it um because when you're using <laughs> uh humor to get attention or you know this is evident in the schoolyard but mm -hmm. definitely in the workplace uh, talking let's just stay on banter with with other people you don't know um mm -hmm. that it can be edging into the toxic so what do you think's the best sorry the biggest thing that stops men just to be speaking to and this could be applicable to humans but it's like men in particular mm -hmm. probably The biggest one that comes to my mind is shame. So men would feel shame if they were to open up and be vulnerable in front of other men. That shame would be mm. supported by uh, fear, mm. um, which would be rooted in their own insecurities. So essentially it's insecurity mm. um, because they're insecure about these little things about themselves, or maybe they haven't explored them and they've been putting up this front or they're, connecting with other men on the surface. And sometimes it's false connections because a lot of male um, kind of like pseudo connections. So we, we and I, I speak to the men about this a lot because I say like, have you, you know, do you want to come along and be around a supportive group of men? They're like, I've got supportive group of men. And I ask a question. I was like, okay, so where, where do you meet? And I was like, oh, we meet at the pub. And I was like, okay, how deep are you actually getting at the pub? Because more often than not, you talk about women or their partners and it's normally complaining. You talk about sport, normally football. You talk about work and how much you hate it. And then you talk about other people who aren't there. And when we do that, we create this like false connection where we're bonding over, but we're bonding by putting something outside of ourselves that creates the bond between you and me. So if I talk about somebody else to you and you join me in that, we've created a bond by excluding this person for, from our from our situation. But when we go apart, that bond is broken because, you know, and then we maybe even go and see that other person. We might even do the same thing. But a lot of male connection is based on putting things external to themselves and they don't create a real bond with each other because they're insecure or they're scared that the other person may judge them for being real or expressing, like, I'm insecure about this or I'm actually worried about this or I feel about this or, like, I've, I'm really sad right now. We don't hold space for men to express that. And it's partly as well because of modern culture, because mm -hmm. we've been told for such a long time as men that to express our emotions, we have to be in touch with our feminine side or to be vulnerable. We have to get more in touch with our feminine side and people want us, our partners want us to be more vulnerable and talk more. I have some problems with that because it suggests that we can't express our emotion from the masculine, which we can. It just isn't normally accepted because it might yeah. come out as loud, Go to angry. A you, you'll experience emotion. Yeah, yeah. So it's very difficult to express. Like when you express your masculine emotion, it doesn't come out soft all the time. Mm. But when it comes out, you know, loud or angry, or you need to express rage or even sorrow, like, it's not really often accepted for men to be in deep sorrow or grief because nobody really wants to see a grown man cry. I do, but um, a lot of culture does not enjoy that. It's very jarring. People are put off by it. So that's kind of fed our narrative of like, oh, we need to keep things inside and, you know, we need to bottle things up. We need to protect, provide. We can't do that if we're looking vulnerable or being vulnerable. We can't be strong. But actually expressing all this stuff allows us to be stronger because we're, we know ourselves deeper. We understand ourselves and we know where our boundaries are. If we never address these emotions that are inside ourselves, we don't know where our boundaries are. Yes, David Ross Miller, so valuable right there. If he resonates, you know, reach out, speak to him. He's such an open guy and I'm going to be planning on visiting him in Scotland in 2023. So stay tuned for that. Next up, a man that needs no introduction on this podcast. It's Tony Riddle, a.k.a. The Natural Lifestylist, talking in amongst a big podcast that somewhat of a overview 
of his epic challenge in September in which he took on the Southwest Coastal Path, one of the hardest routes in the UK. If you want to check that podcast out, it was episode 63, Unpacking the Path with Tony Riddle. Such a phenomenal man. Again, I don't need to introduce this guy. I've talked about him many times. I've also had him on the podcast previously. Great podcast that you should definitely check out. All about reconnecting to natural ways of living and being in the world. This section was super poignant because he talked about the men who are actually doing the work and the men that reach out to him and express such vulnerability and emotion. A very raw and real podcast. As we start to get into some positive and uplifting messages around men doing the work as I don't just want this podcast to be about all the things that we're not seeing and not experiencing these last two clips are all about the most important recognition of men doing the work being better husbands partners fathers men enjoy the clip with Tony Riddle I've had some incredible messages and what I, I just want to say this because um especially having you and Chris with me and um Again, that level of that, just that level of service, I guess, and just dropping into that, um, and just also the the warmth and the feeling and the communication and like and stuff I was expressing on Insta Lives and that video we put up and um, the amount of women in my DMs saying, "Oh, you know, um, we need more men like you," and I think I think this is. Um, there are so many more men like me that you, it's, that's the point. I think we're just not um, open to receiving it somehow. Do you know what I mean? The messages I got, the most profound messages, like just really just that I um, brought me to tears on more than a few occasions, all from from men, right? The men in our circle from doing the work, like the men's work, like there's the work we do, right? And um, that was another huge lesson, you know, massive lesson. Like this, um, that there's such progress being made, and um, again into that human potential of who we are, I guess, as men in that conversation. What's our real potential? But also um, forgiving and and um making peace with and learning from um all men you know because you know i i think um i was thinking about my dad and and another men I know let's say that don't have this ability to express and um, have trouble even picking up a phone or holding a conversation on a phone and I just think how um, tough that must be right you know really tough because well the stat the statistics don't lie do they that um, under the for suicide is the number one killer for men under the age of 50 and it makes sense right because if we don't have that modality of expression or we've lost that what else is there um and um i think what we fail to forget is those generations before that and before that and not, not just men now women mm -hmm. from wars and the hard times that have been experienced the the ptsd that's within that that locks people in that, that they can't express that and um weird behaviours do play out because there isn't the um, I guess circles around them to help support it whereas we are now creating men's circles right and within those men's circles you'll be amazed at um, how once you set up the ceremony of fire or whatever it is and you get mm. guys in a circle they will start talking and they will start expressing you know and um, it's such a simple thing just to create ceremony in a circle, to get men into a circle, to start communicating again. Um, and 
going back to the messages, they're men I know that sit in circles. And it was really quite powerful. I mean, some of them were just, as I say, mind-blowing. I'm going to read one. I'm going to read, I'm going to read Ian's. Can I read Ian's? Yeah. Absolutely. Because again, it just got... Amazing. Um, so this is this is from my friend Ian, right? You beautiful man, you know. <laughs> this is one of many adventures I felt drawn. Oh no, no, hold on. Here we go. Start again. There's another one. That was his second message. Yeah, right. I'll read the first one. Bro, there we go. I tried to comment on Insta, but the public sphere is not primed for truth. I am proud of all that you do and stand for and all you represent. You are a shining light to so many in just being Tony. I'm going to cry again. Your challenges are part of being Tony, but their resolution is of little consequence. That you set such targets and teach us how to reach is enough. I love watching you win, but I feel loved watching you lose. Your humanity is greater than godliness, but I remain in awe, telling my kids, that guy is my friend. It's very special. Keep going, like, love you. Amazing, right? <laughs> and that's, um, you know, amazing. To be able to express that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for t touching on that that point about men because it is we can heal. We need the environments to heal, right? It's so important. And I think you doing demonstrating things like this is that's another almost well the environment which you've created maybe online for people to witness has drawn things out of them that they perhaps haven't you know it's in them it's just something like this brings it out you know yeah I, I, again i think there's been so much um trauma in that in that kind of i call it post-war stuff because at that point, how could you express? Right, you just had to get up, grab your water Packs. pack, and go out again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Until perhaps you do um, fall down, you know. And so. Um, yeah, and then you come back like like you have from war, from a battle, and it's like, okay, here's the support. There is none. Crack on. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and also, you know, going back to families and and then being, um, I would say, almost emotionally inept. Then, right? This, this, believe me, what we're discussing and what I've just gone out in the path does not compare to that. We're not not aligning it with that, but Absolutely. just um, there's there is that, and I think we have to be really mindful of that when um. Know, making those judgments on um, the the older generations, you know, our parents even didn't go to war, but they were the children of that generation, which then grew up in those families that can express their emotions properly. So, if you don't have it as a template, how are the next generation is meant to inherit it, you know. And if we don't have elders and we don't have people holding circles, then we're really disconnected from it. You know, to the point we just have very basic emotions now. Right? Oh, I'm tired, hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's just been a long day, and that's it. That's that's not enough. Right? Holding circles. That was a couple of words that really stuck out there. How are we holding circles, holding spaces for our fellow men? to just be real, be raw. Perhaps that spoke to you too. And maybe there's opportunity this year for you to hold that space for your friends, for your partner, whoever it may be. It's on us really to hold that space for others. And it can be super simple, like checking in 
once a week or it could be even greater than that by creating something once a year where you gather and really call each other in rather than calling each other out. This next clip is with Trevor Bowen, one of the best podcasts of this year, no, without a doubt. He speaks to integration and initiation, possibly the biggest topic anyone can ever speak of in the space of healing. Enjoy the clip, listen intently. It closes out this podcast and speaking to something that I feel is the right thing to close out a podcast like this. Enjoy. You know, Chris, we have to talk about initiation. And that's what a weekend like this is like. Plant medicine is like uh, an awakening is like the, the first time you have sex is like my first jujitsu class. These were initiations, meaning it's a passageway from one way of existing into another way of existing. And usually it comes with, you know, if, if you read any of Francis Weller's work, he talks about this. He describes an initiation as a controlled death, mm. controlled death, yeah. meaning the man you walked into that gathering on Thursday has died. The man who is emerging on Monday is a different man because he can't exist in the same body system thought process as the man who was there Thursday. Now, as Francis says, the completion of an initiation only happens when you are re-welcomed into a society by other initiated people. So I may go on this journey, but if I come home to the uninitiated, to people who are like men and feelings, that's stupid, man up, right? Or like, hey, why are you wearing a purple shirt? Are you a dude, <laughs> right? That's the uninitiated world. So my advice to these men is you have to stay in touch with other people who have gone through the process. Right. It's just no different for if you ever talk to like military veterans mm. or anybody who's been to combat. And I have not, but I know those men and they come home and, and there's no one, no one who understands them, mm. no one who gets, quote, gets them. Right. I could read 5,000 books on combat. I could study it and study it and study it. And I will never know what it's like. So I could, I, I can't talk to that man the same way a guy who spent two weeks in combat. 20 years ago can, because he's been initiated. So it really brings up the value of community at that point, right? So I, I have a community, the uncivilized nation, specifically because it was the answer to the question, hey, I've just read your book. I love it. I'm starting to do the work. I live in Ohio. Uh, nobody around me likes this stuff. The guys in my police precinct make fun of me for meditating where do I go to get some camaraderie? Mm -hmm. And I, I hadn't studied initiation at that point. I didn't understand Francis's schematic of initiation. But I was like, all right, we need a group where guys can come in and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And have another guy say, oh, I've been there. You're going to be okay. Trust me. Hey, actually, let's get on the phone. I've been divorced. I know what it's like. I've lost a child. I know what it's like. I've, I've experienced this kind of trauma. I know what it's like. Let me, let me share and just tell you that you have a brother who knows who you are, mm -hmm. right? Let me witness you. Let me bear witness to you. Let me just let you know that you're not alone in the world because I've been where you are. And so I I've been in your body. So that's what I tell these men. Like we, you know, just like, uh, you know, if you want to talk about ayahuasca or plant medicine, the first thing I tell people is doing it is like, don't talk about it on Monday because you're going to come out of this experience with all of mm -hmm. these revelations and ideas and concepts and your mind's going to be blown and you're going to get around people who are like, that makes no sense. Stop talking about it. <laughs> or, Ooh, look at you, Mr. Spiritual. Ooh, look at you, Mr. Went to a men's weekend. And these things are, <laughs> they're sacred to you, mm -hmm. right? They're sacred. They, they, they have meaning to you. They have a deep meaning. You've been touched in a very particular way that if someone shames you for that or makes fun of you for that, it hurts, it wounds you very deeply. 
So be careful with whom you share this stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I talk about, you know, I speak a lot about martial arts and say, you know, black belts usually have to confer and be friends with other black belts because they're the only people who get each other. Right. So I think it's even more important with men's work to be cautious, consciously cautious of who you're sharing this stuff with. Not to say like, Hey, brother, I'm, I feel, I see you're struggling. You know, I did this thing this weekend. I think it may help you, mm-hmm. but it's not appropriate. And it's going to hurt you to come back and, you know, share all of your feelings and experience with people who don't have the capacity to hold that for you. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a biggie, right? Yeah. If we talk to men, we say, Hey, this weekend, you learned to take 250 pounds of emotion and hold it over your head. That's what we taught you to do. Now on Monday, if you come back to the office and you take that 250 pounds and you throw it at another guy who doesn't have the capacity to hold it over his head, it's going to crush him. Yeah. It's unfair. Right. It's unfair. And it's, it's, it's irresponsible. And I don't want to shame guys who are like super excited about this stuff. It's like, yeah, go no, tell I people. Think this is landing so much. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's, it's, it's just a, who do you share it with? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just really important because I don't want the guy at the workshop or the guy who's done plant medicine or the guy who's taken his first jujitsu class to get hurt and then close down and not want to continue on the path Mm -hmm. because the path is his life's work and the path is the most important thing for him. Okay. Thank you. Thank you everyone for staying to the end, to the finish line phenomenal guest i'd really propose you to go back and listen to any of those episodes they may just change the course of your day your week your month maybe your year i hope this has served you well i truly hope wherever you're listening to this you are connecting you're getting your feet on the ground and you are calling in some powerful things for 2023 appreciate you as always some things i've got coming up in april I've got a couple of spots left for my retreat, my men's weekend in the Lake District. On June the 24th, I've also got another. There's definitely around half the spots left for that. And then August, later on in the year, I've got many spots available. This is a two-night stay, arriving Friday, leaving Sunday. Loads of information about that on the website menofearth.co.uk. If you just want to connect, I'm also offering in January as a bit of a giveaway, free one hour coaching calls for the first 10 men who contact me and reach out. I'm going to do a one hour coaching call with you as a free gift for 2023. It'd be awesome to connect, be awesome to hold that space for you. That feels like something you want to do, then please get in touch. It's going for the first 10 men. New podcast coming out next week with Jamie Clements. Stay tuned for that. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your year. Peace.